Welcome to track number 10 of Bima. There are four seasons. You see, I'm talking about incomplete service. I'm, I'm, I'm on another, what do you call it? The four seasons of your life. And God is going to judge you based on these four seasons. Alright. One. Now listen, there are, there are different ways you can look at, look at your life. You get it? But in James chapter 5 verse 7, it says, Be patient therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. For the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it until he receive the early and the latter rain. Be ye also patient, establish your heart, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Amen. Now, in a sense, your life can be defi- described in the natural into four seasons, four phases. And I'm just trying to help you to see the service of the Lord. You get it? That some people serve the Lord in the first season, and when it gets to the second season, it's awful. They serve the Lord for the first season, the second season, and it goes off. And some people, because they don't serve the Lord, they stay in the first season of their life, all their lives. And they are just in the first season. In fact, the Lord doesn't allow the seasons to change. You are there. A seed in your hand. Number two, a seed in the ground. Number three, a seed which has germinated. And then number four, a plant or a tree which is bearing fruit. You get it. Are you there? A seed in your hand, a seed in the ground, a seed, uh, a seed in the ground, a plant that has germinated. You get it, but does not have fruit, and then a fruit-bearing plant. Your life can be described in these four seasons. You get it in terms of the ministry. There are many people who do not enter. You get it? Why, why do I say that your life can be described as a seed? Is it biblical? Because Jesus said, do you remember? He said, unless a seed falls into the ground and died by this alone. So he was the greatest seed, example of a seed. And he, he said, unless the seed falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it falls into the ground and dies, it will bear much fruit. So your ministry, you get it? Now listen carefully. These are very important, the four seasons of your life. There is a season where God makes you into a seed. And that season is the season where He is preparing you and building you up. You get it? For His work. Because what is, what is a seed? A seed contains, you know, certain things. I mean, if you take two small objects, you get it. You are there. What time is uh, dinner? 5.30? 7. Okay. We'll close just now. Okay? Okay? Uh, a seed contains... Uh, it's, it's different from a stone. Because whatever is in the seed is, is different from what is in the stone. You understand? And a seed has life in it. A seed has, a power, has the power to sort of 
turn into something. Whereas uh, a stone doesn't have that power. If you drop a stone into the earth, it will not germinate. But if you drop a seed, it will germinate. You get it? Pardon? The potential to evolve and to change and to become a particular thing. You get it? Now, there is a stage of your life where you are up there on the tree being prepared to become something that can be cast out and become something great for God. I'm, talk, I'm talking to you about your ministry. You can see these four phases in the life of ministry in Jesus Christ. You understand? And he is prepared as the son of God to come. You get it? And he's prepared with all the wisdom and everything. You get it? And he preaches. Right? Then, after the stage of preparation, there is the necessary dropping of the seed into the ground to die. Now, this is the phase which most of my pastors have not entered. <laughs> Are you there? Yeah. This is the phase. So although you know the word, you have the word, that phase where you are dropped into the ground and are forced to disappear in pain, in solitude, in darkness, where you enter a certain darkness of your life, that place is where most people and because of that most people die in the first phase of their ministry it never moves to the next phase you know something Kenneth Hagin said something he said when Jesus appeared to him told him that Jesus told him that there are four phases to the ministry and most people don't enter the first phase of the ministry and he was in a particular phase and had not he was about to enter the third phase of his ministry this was about 50 years ago <laughs> are you understanding what i'm saying yeah now you have a ministry i'm not the only one with a ministry i say some of you are better preachers than me if i don't want you to do better than me i'm not genuine god you forgive me for all ungenuineness that is in me amen I tell you, if I don't want you to do better than me, I'm not genuine. I must want you to do better than I have done. To preach better. To win more souls. To have greater churches. Even if it's not a lighthouse church. It doesn't matter. God did not call us to come and build empires. Amen. I don't mind. I don't mind. If that's what you want. It's fine. But most, do you understand? Can you see why most of the pastors enter, live, and stay in the first phase of their ministry? Can you see why? Huh? Because when they get to the place where Jesus got to, you understand? That he must fall into the ground and die. They say, This I will not. And then they withdraw. You get it? Then they become accountants. Pharmacists, doctors, what have you? Yeah, are you are you with me? Yeah. 
So you see, that's, that's actually the difference. So I wanted, to, I wanted to tell you people a secret. You know, if you really want to um, serve the Lord, and how many really want to serve the Lord? Do you, do you want to go to the next step? How many are ready to go to the next stage? Huh? Are you sure? Yes. You are sure? Yes. Do you think you will go? Yes. But why haven't you gone? You didn't know, huh? Booster. <laughs> you need a booster. Pastor Jude, you need a booster. God wants to take us out of the dwarf stage. Let there be few pastoral mutias in the church. Adope. Ingan. Adope. How do you say it in Ewe? Buzia. Azizan. They used to say what? Azigizan. Azizan. Azizan. Huh. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anybody who has born fruit has been through that. You can't be a seed. You can't become. You can't go through that until you can't get to the fruit bearings unless you fall into the ground and die. Where it's not the way you want it, Lord, not Thy will. If Jesus didn't want it, then you also don't want it. But Thy will. If Jesus didn't want it, then you also don't want it. You will not like it. Amen. Before you become a tree. And then you grow. Before you really bear fruit. Real fruit. You know what fruit are? Fruit are 12 disciples. Look, let me tell you something. If you have 12 disciples by the time you are dying, well done. What was Jesus worth? 12 men. I'm introducing the, I introduced this in America, remind me to introduce it here, the concept of the twelve. Twelve disciples. If I have twelve men who will go as far as I have gone and further. If Pastor Richard will have twelve disciples who will go his full time, twelve men from whom he trains and who believe in him and who follow him and will go to that extent. <laughs> and then the next 12. You see, first 12 is 12. Then the next 12 half 12 is 144. Then the next one is about something million or something. 144 times 144 is how much? Just the third group, the fruit will be very well. Twelve, twelve, and then twelve. 
Huh? see what do you get? A thousand seven hundred and twenty. And the next one is what? One forty four times one forty four is thousand. This cannot be correct. Twenty thousand. Hmm? One forty four. No, no, no. One forty four. No. No, 144 gives birth to 12 each. It's how much? Thousand seven hundred and whatever. And then each of those give birth to 12. 20,000. Yeah. This is churches. Churches. 20,000 churches. Because these are not little children. These are real wild people. And Pastor Richard is going to have his 12. I'll have my 12. I'm going to have 12 businessmen. 12 this, 12 that, 12, everything 12. 12 disciples. But some of you shouldn't have 12 disciples. Because 12 people follow the way you are. It may not, it may not be good at all. <laughs> <laughs> if 12 people follow the way you are, it will be a very bad thing. 12 botias, 12 drafts. Amen. Are you listening? Are you listening to me? Yeah. If 12 people follow the way you you are going, it will not be a good thing. If you can bear fruit, you get it? If you can bear fruit and have 12 people, well done. And some of you are so far from even having one disciple because, you see, the way you are, you are not even ready. I wouldn't want, and you too, if you are honest, wouldn't want people to follow your life. Is it not true? So do you see, it takes a certain level. You need to get to a certain level before you can even bear real fruit. Because your real fruit is not the church, oh. That's what I'm learning. Because when, when Jesus said, Father, I've finished the work that thou givest me to do. I have glorified thy name on this earth. He was not talking about it. He had not started a church. He had not bought a building. He had not traveled to any country. But he had 12. He said, I have manifested thy... Let's, let's go to John chapter 17. So you see that you are, you are very far. Some of you think that because of the 12 people in your church or the 18 people that come, it's like, Lord, I'm bearing fruit now. <laughs> Look carefully. Mercy, Lord. Are you scared? 
<laughs> darling Daniel. Who is dirty Daniel? Who is darling Daniel? Why wouldn't you want to go into the ground? Says the Lord. I went into the ground for you. Huh? And you call yourself by my name. You call yourself Christians. Christ-like. And yet when it comes to that part, you wouldn't want to do that part. And yet you call yourself Christ-like. People call you Christian. Why wouldn't you want to do? Why? Why? Why would you hold back? Why would you not go through the darkness? Why don't you believe? For he that will save his life will lose it. Haven't you seen what you have lost? And are losing. Fighting a losing battle. To hold on to things that cannot be held on to. Why? Why would you not go through the darkness? Go through the, the place where you are all alone. Well, there are few that find it. But the few that find it, find the glory. Why? Why? No wonder you remain in stage one when you should have been in stage four. No wonder there's no better description to give to you than a dwarf. A dwarf of ministry. Under any definition, there is nothing, you are nothing but a dwarf. Because in the hour and the day when you should have pressed ahead, you drew back. And when you drew back, you lost everything. One day I had a meeting and the pastor said to me, I told him I'm taking a decision. When I told the people, everybody opposed the decision. So I withdraw. I withdrew. Then I met with him later. He said to me, you should have continued. He said to me, I feel that you missed a major breakthrough in your life because of that decision that you drew back. And I told him, well, I have not withdrawn on that decision. I am going ahead with it, but in another way. Ladies and gentlemen, don't hold back. When it's time to walk and you don't walk. Time to eat and you don't eat. Time to speak, you don't speak. You are just saying, If that was how you were today, you would not be able to be what God has called you to be. You are afraid of not having a car. Afraid of not having a house. You trust in unbelievers. Some of you have bosses who are homosexuals, Muslims, other kinds of wild things. And that you trust in more than you trust even my servant, says the Lord, to you. You look at my servant and you distrust and you suspect and you fear. But for the homosexuals... This message continues on the next track. Keep listening.